Welcome to the second season of the Gutsy Health Podcast with Shanique Roney and Gina Warfel, where we share uncomplicated, practical, and affordable wellness education so you can be a self-healing champion. This episode is brought to you by the Gutsy Health Membership Program, a program that gives you inexpensive tools and resources to heal your mind, body, and soul. Visit our website at mygutsyhealth.com. Hey, you guys, welcome back to the Gutsy Health Podcast. I have my co-host Gina Warfel with me. Welcome, Gina. Hey, hey. hey. And I'm going to kind of have her like take the wheel on this episode today because we're talking about one of her strong suits, which is bodily cravings, food cravings, when you just have that itch that can't be scratched. A lot of people message me all the time. They're like, I want to get better. I want to get healthier, but I just can't give up X. I just can't give up chocolate. I just can't give up dairy. I just, I can't do it. Or I've tried to do it, but it just backfires. And it's like this elastic effect where it's like pull, pull, pull. And the harder you pull, the faster it snaps back. Right. And then you're just like gorging yourself and like chocolate donuts or whatever it is thing <laughs> is that your body craves, you know? So Gina, welcome. Tell us all about what we're going to be unpacking today. Yeah, I think that um, we keep hearing from our members and from a lot of the people who are like, I really want to start eating healthier. I know what I'm supposed to be doing, but for some reason, I just can't do it. Mm -hmm. And it's like there's this deeper magnetic pull towards some of the foods that we're still holding on to that we're like grasping. I think of it as almost like energetically, like you're holding on to both sides of the monkey bars. It's Mm -hmm. like, oh, I really want this change. But like, there's something that's just pulling me back. Mm -hmm. I think yesterday I shared this quote that was, uh, the reason why you're suffering is you can't let go of the thing that's biting you. Interesting. Interesting. You know, a lot of that, that's a Jordan Peterson that it's just like, oh my God, why can't we let go to the thing that we know, right? We listen to these podcasts here. We know we're supposed to be healthier. We know all the things, mm-hmm. but for some reason we just can't just do can't. it. And that keeps people really trapped and not taking a step forward because they're in that monkey bars where they're like holding on and holding on and not really making a move and they're paralyzed mm-hmm. in an action. But we can understand why sometimes we do that, why we cling on to some of those old behaviors or some of those comforts like sugar or some of the unhealthy foods or what's happening inside of our bodies. Like there's so much freedom. Right. Well, what's interesting too, I want to bring to light two things. We did a very similar episode, I think last year on this, and it was like one of our most popular episodes, which tells me this is a problem. Everybody wants to change, but they can't. We are all addicts. We're like, think of it this way. You look at a drug addict and you're like, that's a drug addict right there. And there's so much judgment. And we assume they're on the street, like their family abandoned them. But yet every single one of us walking around is a drug addict addict and our drug is sugar, right? And so we're all addicts. Like we have food that pleasures our brain and we just can't let go of it. And so it's really interesting. Like that episode was so popular, right? Yeah. And what else is really cool too, is a lot of the time I've heard this many times from at least a handful of my students who, when they start actually going in and understanding their body and understanding Mm -hmm. what it is that they've really always been craving and needing, Mm -hmm. what they end up saying is I always identified with a sugar addict, or I thought I was a food addict. And I realized that I'm not, I actually just wasn't my nervous system was just active and I wasn't giving myself what I needed. And so my body was doing what it's designed to do. Yes. And I thought I was an addict. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Well, and what's interesting, the, the second thing that I want to bring up is like the reason why we can't overcome these cravings, the reason why we can't like people are like, I just can't give up the thing is because one, your nervous system and your chemistry is designed to crave it, right? It's not a like, oh, my will just isn't strong enough. It's not a thing of willpower. You are literally trying to override a chemical imbalance in your body. And so when we can mm -hmm. understand the chemistry, when we can understand the energy behind it, because there's a chemical imbalance because there's an emotional imbalance or a neurological imbalance or a nervous system imbalance, right? And like, we're literally these walking, talking chemical miracles, right? Like there's chemical reactions happening within us, like a billion chemical reactions every nanosecond, right? And so you can't override that. You have to learn how to retrain it. You have to use chemistry with chemistry. You have to use energy with energy, right? And so you can't just use your thoughts to push the chemical reactions away. You have to understand yeah. the chemical reactions. You have to understand why they're there in the first place. And then you can start biohacking your cravings out of your life. Is that accurate? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I think it's like the one thing that is stronger than your desire to not eat the sugar or your desire to be healthier or your desire to lose weight or whatever your inner drive is. The one thing that is stronger than those desires is your survival instincts, mm -hmm. right? Yes. And so if your body is in a state of fight or flight, and what's interesting is a lot of people don't realize they're in a state of fight or flight. Mm -hmm. I remember um, one of my students who had been working with on her cravings for a while I didn't realize she goes like months later, she was like, I don't know what you mean. I'm not in a state of fight or flight. Like I'm really happy. I have yeah. really, and I was like, Oh wow. Mm -hmm. And when, when we actually measured her stress hormones, they were like, she was, her body was responding. Like she was running from a tiger Yes, and that she was, her survival was being threatened, but she didn't realize it just because she was very busy. She was a little bit stressed at work, mm -hmm. but what actually happens to a lot of us is we, our nervous system gets programmed when we're really young. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes we might have an experience yes. that's really stressful when we're young, or maybe we interpreted, you know, Britt talks about this all the time that before you're the age of seven, how your brain interprets what's happening and it's the best mm -hmm. of its ability. Right. So let's say maybe you're your mom left for work and you're like, oh my gosh, is, is my mom leaving me forever? And you're with a babysitter, but that nervous system gets activated. And whether it's a big trauma or just a little tiny micro one, like that experience, mm -hmm. that energy doesn't get processed. It gets trapped in the body. Right. And when that energy gets trapped in the body, all that adrenaline that you would maybe need for survival, like to run or escape or whatever it is, that adrenaline actually gets trapped in the body. Right. And so we learn how to find things to soothe it and actually bring our nervous system back down. Mm -hmm. And so we could actually be having these cravings, looking for food all the way from our nervous system system dysregulation, like when we were really young, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's interesting because fight or flight is the majority of people's baseline. So of course you're like, no, I don't live a stressful life. I live a normal life. Like you don't know what you don't know and you can't see what you can't see, right? Like mm -hmm. you don't know what a fully relaxed state is because you probably haven't experienced that for years, if not decades, right? And so of course you're going to think fight or flight is your baseline. Of course you think like a heightened state of anxiety is normal and your baseline, mm -hmm. right? Like, because you, how can you describe the color blue if you've never seen the color blue in your entire life, right? Mm -hmm. How can you describe something or feel into something that you can't remember 
is a feeling, right? You can't remember what yeah. being perfectly calm is like. Here's mm-hmm. a great example in my own personal life. I already know I'm a pretty anxious person. So I know as I wake up, cortisol is coursing through my system and I'm pretty in my body. And I'm like, oh, there it goes. There's my baseline going at hundred miles an hour. Literally, as I wake up, my brain's doing inventory. It's like, here's interesting. So here's something interesting. My brain will do inventory of like the words go through my mind of like something's missing. And I'll go through inventory of my family. I'm like, oh, it's Tristan. Like that's my baseline Mm -hmm. is like, I'm doing inventory and I'm like, something's missing. And it's like, Tristan's not here. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's funny. Like my heart starts going, but my partner, Ryan, my boyfriend, he is the calmest, coolest cat you'll ever meet. And when you hear his heart rate, it is like slow and mellow. Mm -hmm. And it's like hardly anything really gets him. And he has great dreams. I have terrible dreams. Right. And so, so, (laughs) and so that's just, his subconscious and his conscious, like his body is just programmed very differently to mine. And so we don't realize it, but this is like our brains, it's in our nervous systems to run a hundred miles an hour or 20 miles an hour. And you just don't know it. And I'm willing to bet nine out of 10 of us are going a hundred miles an hour and we're calling it normal and we're calling it relaxed. And we're saying my life isn't that bad. Yeah. And so what's crazy is if we are in that state where maybe we had this nervous system activated since we were young, or we're just really busy now, or we have a stressful life, we have bills to pay, kids, Mm -hmm. things to think about. When we're in that state that just activates a different area of our brain that drives us to go eat for survival. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it shuts down the area of our brain, our prefrontal that gives us good willpower and it will drive us to eat. And then we actually can feel like, and then we're left with those questions. Like, it's so weird. Why do I know that Mm -hmm. I want to eat healthier? And, but for some reason I'm choosing not to, this doesn't make sense. It feels like something's controlling me, but what we have to realize is that when we do explore that relationship, we have to step back and look at how our brains can try to trick us for Mm -hmm. safety. Our brains are built here to try to keep us eating the sugar and keep us trapped thinking that we can't do anything different from what's actually really possible. And so people who stay trapped and stay stuck to that voice in their mind, right? They listen to that voice in their head that says that nothing else is possible you're being controlled. You have to have the sugar, you need it. And they listen to that voice and then they stay stuck. And that's just the ego protecting and trying to keep us, you know, safe and well-fed and plenty of calories for survival. But Mm -hmm. when we can realize that we are safe, then that safety mechanism can go away. And we just realize it's just, it's an illusion. So we understand there's a neurological and balance within us that is creating cravings, right? When we're in this sympathetic dominant state, it's liken it unto a car. Like if a car is going hundred miles an hour, you're going to need more gas in your car, right? So that's the cravings. We're craving more fuel to support this heightened engine state, right? But there's also vitamin and mineral imbalances too, right? And this is so fun. I want people to try this. If you're someone that craves chocolate a lot, start supplementing magnesium glycinate or magnesium threonate and you'll find your chocolate cravings decrease immediately, almost like within hours, right? Like there are just certain things that our body needs that we are craving in foods. What are some of the other big ones, Gina, that people can be mindful of that the body is often depleted in and therefore we start craving other things? I think like you said, magnesium is a big one. The other one too that 
I think most people, when they have cravings, they're not eating enough protein and they're not mm. getting enough of that amino acid tryptophan. Tryptophan is really important to make 5-HTP and make yes. serotonin in our brains yes. that make us feel good. Mm-hmm. What else makes serotonin? Carbohydrates, sugar, mm-hmm. you know, so it gives us that serotonin boost like in our brains. So what's really important is we have to have enough of the building blocks to make those neurotransmitters. Right. And I would say that most people who really struggle with cravings and sugar cravings are not getting enough protein and they need to weigh up their protein amounts. Sometimes even adding in a supplement if needed, like a little bit of 5-HTP can also be really mm-hmm. helpful for bringing those cravings, soothing cravings. So if I'm understanding this correct, like we go for carbs, we go for chips and sugars and whatnot, because it gives us a quick serotonin boost. But oftentimes we get a dip after that. It's like a spike, yeah. right? When we're eating protein, that actually gives us a more sustained serotonin, dopamine, like neurotransmitter tank. And so our mood will be way more stable for a lot longer. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. So again, that's why we're always going for that quick hit, right? It's just like, because it keeps hitting that serotonin. But if we just make this quick little lifestyle change and sustain those amino acids, which are precursors to neurotransmitters, like we'll feel a lot better in our brains. Also, we need that for gut function too, right? Like we need serotonin. I was going to say the gut, we we know the gut, Mm -hmm. right? Directly impact food cravings. Yes. And as well. So not only are you feeding your brain, but you're also helping with your gut as well. When you're eating that protein, when you're eating those carbs, not only are you messing up with your microbiome, but you're also leaving your brain at a deficit in the short term scenarios. What's interesting yeah. too, is they've done research. Okay. So we know, we know when you eat like proteins and a lot of fiber, when you eat a lot of like plant-based foods, it literally changes your microbiome composition. Right. And they did research on mice and all they did was they added one bacterial strain and a bad bacteria into mice B like that cohort. And those mice were more anxious and more aggressive. Isn't that interesting? Like literally changing yeah. the microbiome changes the mood, changes changes their brain chemistry, changes Mm. how they're acting out. Mm -hmm. And so, so again, if we can eat, if we go back to nature, if we go back to nature and how our bodies were supposed to eat, not only will our mood change, but so will our nervous system. So will our health, so will our inflammation, like everything across the board. Yep. And I remember when we did the, we, you and I both did the training on short chain fatty acids Mm -hmm. and how powerful they are to actually regulate your appetite. So whenever you eat fibers, the fibers get fermented from the bacteria in your gut and that makes the short chain fatty acid. And that short chain fatty acid is a signaling molecule and it travels from the gut all the way up the vagal nerve to the brain to signal to the brain. Okay. Do we want this human to go eat sugar or do we want this human to eat more fibers and healthy Mm -hmm. foods? When we eat those fibers, it soothes and regulates appetite. So I think that's a really powerful strategy too, is that, okay, maybe you're eating the sugars, but from a food perspective, if you start working in more of those fibers, you're going to start fermenting those short chain fatty acids that regulate and soothe the appetite naturally. And that's amazing too, because again, it's not a case of will. It's literally chemistry. Like use chemistry from your food to change the chemistry in your brain, to change the Mm -hmm. chemistry in your gut. Because again, you can't just switch that off just by thinking thoughts. You have Mm -hmm. to utilize chemistry to override other chemical reactions in your body and your brain. And so again, and a lot of people are like, well, I don't like vegetables. I don't like, you know, I crave the salty. I crave the carby. I crave the sugary. 
for people like that, what would you recommend? I don't think it's necessarily bad that sometimes we want to eat the carby and the salty. It might not be beneficial, but of course the carby and the salty taste a lot better. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's something important to remember too, is that sometimes we have to retrain our palates. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people will say like, I don't want that healthier alternative because it doesn't taste as good. I'm like, I know because Mm -hmm. it's not full of chemicals and processed foods. And sometimes we actually have to retrain our palate to go back to more natural, healthy foods. And whether you do it gradually or you just do it cold turkey and you commit to it. We had somebody on the podcast. I'm trying to remember who it was. It was, was it Jasmine on the podcast. Oh no. I was thinking of Jasmine because she was, do you remember? No, she was one of our members. It wasn't her. We had a doctor. Uh, what was his name? Joel. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Was it Dr. Joel doctor. Furman? Might've been him. He was like, when it comes to eating healthier, I just say you are wasting time just gradually going back, you know, just nip it cold, butt and get mm-hmm. used to it. You have to change your palate. But I think what's important, we do have to give ourselves like the ability to like change our palate. Of course, Mm -hmm. processed, salty, carby foods do taste a lot better. So that is going to be a little bit harder. But if we constantly feel trapped by being pulled towards certain foods and we know that we're not even really hungry, we don't really need the fuel. It's important to go a layer deeper and explore what is my magnetic pull? And so for me, I've actually been doing that with coffee. And I think it's really interesting. I find that I don't necessarily have a dependence on caffeine, but I feel some sort of a relationship to coffee. Mm -hmm. I feel like this magnetic pull that feels almost addictive. Mm -hmm. And I, so I decided to sit with it and really explore it. And I'm like, okay, if I go into a meditation or I close my eyes and I explore my body and I'm like, what is that almost magnet towards coffee that I really want that I feel anxious without it and to totally just trust my body and I can tap into my body and my body is like, yeah, it feels like we don't want decaf. There's still a magnetic pulse of the caffeine, even though we don't have to have it. And to me, I think the relationship I built with it is like caffeine equals like lightness and caffeine equals happiness. Mm -hmm. And that means like, I'll be happier. I'll be more productive. I'll get more done. And so I can start to like explore what is the deeper relationship that I'm really craving or that I have. So in the morning, am I looking for a way to soothe my anxiety and create more happiness and more confidence that I'll Mm -hmm. be productive? And what is it that I'm really actually searching for and going deeper and deeper and deeper when we actually do have those cravings? Yeah, there is the taste that sometimes it just sucks when we're making swaps and we have to get used to our palates changing and adjusting from Mm -hmm. processed foods to cleaner foods. But then there's also the deeper exploration that's like, what is my magnetic pull to it? And I find that people have such deep journeys by just asking that question. You know, that's fascinating because, and you teach this in your course, Conquering Cravings, right? Like you teach people Mm -hmm. how to like drop into what it is their body is actually craving because there's Mm -hmm. the food, but there's the experience around the food too, right? Mm -hmm. And so, so that's so fascinating because as you were talking, the idea of like alcohol came up to me, like Beer tastes disgusting. I have sipped it like twice and I will not go near the stuff because it is so gross. And yet people love beer. And I don't know if it's the taste more than the experience, right? There's a relationship there of like mingling with friends and connection and maybe getting a little goofy and getting a little lighthearted. And so when it comes to that relationship with that drink, 
it's not actually the beer they want. It's the experience they want. It's the Mm -hmm. comfort they want. It's the camaraderie they want. Right. And so when it comes to food, what is the experience we're seeking and we're after, you know, when you were talking about the coffee, do you want to feel productive and you want to feel, you know, all those things that you were saying, can we find production by other means? Right. Or when it comes to slowness, right. In slowness or like when it comes to food and maybe for me, a lot of time it's comfort, you know, like when Tristan had passed away, I would eat a side bites at night just for comfort, for peace. It's like, I just wanted Mm -hmm. something that I could look forward to, you know? And so I'm not giving up my side bites by any means. I'm not just just putting that out there. I am in choice with those. (laughs) Yeah. And when we talk about conquering cravings, some people get triggered by that because they're like, wait a minute, that is my pleasure. That is my comfort. That is my (laughs) soothing my nervous Mm -hmm. system. So like, I don't want to willpower my way against that. Mm -hmm. But so what's so beautiful is you don't have to go head to head at war and willpower your way through it and suffer. Mm-hmm. It can be a really beautiful way to just start exploring in ways that maybe you never have and asking yourself the right. question of like, what is it that I'm really needing mm-hmm. and how does this make my body feel? And so what a lot of people find is that when they naturally start soothing their nervous system, the cravings start to dissolve and they're like, it's really weird. I didn't have to willpower my way through it. I'm actually just not really craving it anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't really feel drawn to it. Hey listeners, I've been a raging cozy earth fan for almost a year and here's why. I can actually use their sheets year round as cozy earth bedding is temperature regulating, which means I get phenomenal sleep. I've recently moved and have sold or given everything away except a few things and you bet cozy earth was one of those things because all their products are made from responsibly sourced viscous from bamboo and come with a 10 year warranty. So they guarantee that you will love their product. Luxury, comfort, quality, it's kind of the total package. And if you use the code gutsy, you'll get an exclusive 35% off your order. I swear you will love Cozy Earth just as much as I do and it'll be one of your most favorite products you ever buy. Like I remember when I was really in a state of fight or flight, I really felt so like I could not be in control over my cravings right before bed. Mm -hmm. And and I remember like at that time I had a boyfriend who we were doing like this long distance relationship and our relationship was kind of rocky. And I remember feeling this, my nervous system really activated and feeling kind of lonely, feeling disconnected. And I just didn't understand. And I had so much like disappointment with myself that I didn't feel in control over my snacking habits. But when I went deep into that, nurtured my nervous system, I'm like, this is really weird. Like now today, I don't crave food at night before bed anymore. Mm -hmm. It's just not really a thing. Mm -hmm. And so instead of like fighting it head to head, willpowering, it was super difficult and a lot of suffering. But when I could instead just be like, okay, let's, let's ignore the food aspect, but just feel like what my nervous system is really needing. Mm -hmm. The cravings tend to just dissolve and then you can be in choice and you can actually eat the food. If you want to eat it, it's not about eating healthy all the time, but you're in choice of what you're going to eat, how much, and what most people find is they actually enjoy it a lot more because they're not in anxiety or guilt or disconnection or doing it out of survival. They're actually in presence and connection and they're enjoying it and they're honoring their bodies and it feels so much more empowering. I think what you described there is so fundamental too, because you're talking about an extreme dependence on food, like that I couldn't give this up. I had to have it. And what you're trying to tell people is when it comes to learning how to conquer your cravings, 
you're not teaching them to give up the foods that bring them joy and pleasure because you and I are yep. both of the mindset where food is meant to be enjoyed, right? But not to be codependent with it. So when I eat mm-hmm. the acai bite, I'm not eating the whole box or two boxes. I'm like, hmm, that's going to give me pleasure and I can stop at one, right? Because it's fun mm-hmm. and it's enjoyable and I'm not using it to become dependent for happiness. I'm using it to just add to my happiness, right? So what you described there was like going from a place of, I have to have this to, I am in a good place and now I'm in choice to eat it and I can control how much I eat. It's like, yes. And and I don't even like to use the word control because control feels so manipulative. I don't don't like the word control, but I haven't found a better word for it. Like, but I I agree. Like, and I am in choice. Choice? Let's say that I'm in choice to eat one or two because, because it's just fun, you know, because it's just, it brings joy. It's like, it's kind of like the icing on the cake, right? Where it's like, I've had my cake all day long. Maybe that's a bad (laughs) <laughs> bad things like example to you. I've had my cake all day long and now I just get to put some icing on the top, right? Like I already feel fulfilled or I feel regulated. And so mm-hmm. I get to utilize little bits of fun. I like to call it fun food, fun food throughout my day to just, you know, sweeten the deal of life. So yeah. to say, I mean, it's interesting when you start regulating your nervous system and you're creating safety. Mm-hmm. Now all of a sudden that different area of your brain comes back online, yeah. your prefrontal cortex, which yeah. is like your rational thinking, your willpower. And so now your nervous system is calm. And all of a sudden you realize what a lot of people realize is they're like, man, I was like having cravings for food that now I realize I don't even like the taste of. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize it. I was being so controlled by my brain's own survival mechanisms. I was being driven to eat these calories and these food. And now that I'm tapped back into my body and I'm in control, I'm like, oh my gosh, I was like binging on snacks that I don't even actually like the taste of. Mm -hmm. And then they're like free from it. Right. It's amazing. And it all goes back down to that nervous system dysregulation. I don't think, you know, in the course you teach people how to be aware of the little nuances, right? Like little things here and there, like Mm -hmm. work, for instance, people don't even realize that they're going into settings that are causing dysregulation. And so when you're teaching them these tools of like getting into your body, like exploring and asking certain questions around the craving, around the timeline, around the craving, around when it started, they start to get these massive epiphanies and downloads. I remember when you were doing this course last year and people were like, oh my gosh, I can't believe X, Y, and Z. Or like they would come in the next class and they're like, oh my gosh, I just got these downloads about X, Y, and Z. And I'm realizing these codependent habits, right? Mm -hmm. Like this is the thing that we're missing in the health world is that it's not about calories in, calories out. It's not about like getting, it's all about understanding the relationship with food, with yourself, with your nervous system and with your beliefs around that. And when you can start deep diving your beliefs and like how that relates to your nervous system, you'll start to see your relationship with your food. And it's actually not the food. It's wild when you're so deep in it and you could feel so full of not having control or being in choice that like it tends to come with a lot of shame when you're just so deep in it. But then when you can understand the mechanisms and see why your body is doing what it's doing, it's kind of like you get to get pulled up above it and you get to mm-hmm. like really see what's happening. And then you're like, oh, wow, I just had like 30 years of shame because I was doing everything that would actually trigger my nervous system and cause me to have cravings. Well, wait a minute, this makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. And it's like a lot of freedom. And then you can actually start to 
nurture your nervous system in a way that doesn't trigger food cravings in life. And I do remember there were so many amazing students from our class who were like, oh my gosh, this is the first moment that I actually made up with my body. And like, we finally became one, like instead of being at war with each other, we finally made up and made it a truce and we became one together. Mm-hmm. Now that there's that deeper understanding of like our body's survival mechanisms and why it does what it does. You know, it's interesting in your course, I think a lot of people, when we have cravings, it feels like a battle, right? But in Mm -hmm. the course, like what you said there is like, you're teaching people how to heal their relationship with their self. And so instead of this Mm -hmm. push pull, it's an embrace, right? And Mm -hmm. like when you love that, and when you think of healing, it shouldn't be a battle. Healing should be in flow. It should feel Mm -hmm. easy. Healing can be easy, right? Like sure. In the beginning, there's a learning curve. There's a lot of information to digest. And so it might feel a little overwhelming, but as you start to embody that information, like you get to walk the walk and talk the talk in an easy way where it feels like you're just kind of floating downstream, right? You shouldn't have to have this push pull. Nothing good can come from push pull energy. Right. So when you're trying to overcome cravings with push pull, you're going to lose every single time and you're going to beat yourself up over it. But when you can come from an embraceive, like you're embracing and healing the energy behind it, like that's when healing is in flow. And that's when it feels like you're just floating downstream singing a song. I love what you said, because I I like to think about that as like surfing. Mm. So craving will come on like a wave long before the craving hits you. Most people just aren't sensitive enough to realize it. But there's like this slow build, you know, like when a wave like starts to like slowly build and then it's like it hits its peak and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm in the peak of this craving. And then eventually it like curls over and washes through. But most people are like, I'm going to turn in head on with this Mm. into it. And they're like drowning and is splashing and whatever. And it actually feels like that. Like you feel like you're like, I got to try and conquer the wave. And if you've ever tried to go head to head with a wave, you would know it, you probably lose. But if you turn around and you like actually embrace it and you're like, wow, what can I learn by being curious with this craving? You actually are, you have this sensation, like you're surfing, Mm -hmm. you're actually flowing with your body and you're in momentum and you start working with your body's chemistry and then you don't have to. So some people get really scared that they're like, what if I look at my cravings and I fail? I failed every diet. I've always failed myself. I don't want to have the shame and the embarrassment that I can't do this. And what's so beautiful about our cravings is instead of actually overcoming them or actually really conquering them, we're learning about how are they unique messages that teach us about ourselves. Mm -hmm. And we start to flow with our bodies instead of fighting it. And it's really freeing. It's actually a really freeing experience that there really is no failure. You realize that every challenge or every struggle that you're met with is your greatest teacher. Yeah. And when you lean into it, it feels like a failure, but like it, it's like you pull back like an arrow and, and then that lesson launches you forward. And so there really is no willpowering, overcoming and fear of failing. It's a constant unfolding and learning, which creates more compassion and love and freedom. I love that more compassion and love and freedom. Like that's, that's what every healing journey should come from. Whenever I talk to people in consults and whatnot, and like, I just hear fear, 
right? They went to this clinic and it created more fear and they went to this clinic and it created more constriction and they went to this clinic and now they can't eat all the foods under the planet, right? Or under the sun. That's when I'm like, hey, we need to take a step back and like more isn't actually more, less is more. And so these tools when it comes to conquering cravings is kind of a less is more thing. It's like, you got to take a step back and you got to understand and like make peace with it. Right. It's less doing more being, being in the moment, being in the feeling, exploring that feeling in your body. I think body awareness, and this is fun too, because when we start every Gutsy Academy, I love that we're doing the Academy now because everyone's going at the same pace, right? And Mm. everyone is getting kind of like the same ahas at the same time. And so when we started this Academy and when we started the Gutsy membership last year, you know, last year we had a big influx of people. So a lot of people were doing the same coursework at the same time and other people were just kind of chiming in at different times. But what we're seeing is in the beginning, people want more info, more protocols, more supplements, more of this. They want to go hard, hard, hard. It's that push pull, like I'm going to get it done. But towards the end of the curriculum, towards the end of the membership, towards the end of the academy, people are becoming more body aware. They're starting to listen to their body's cues. They're starting to slow down and they're starting to slough off the protocols and they're starting to slough off all the structure and they're starting to slough off all the supplements and all the doing. And they're realizing that the most healing part of their journey is the being part. And so Mm. that's why your conquering cravings course is so powerful because Mm -hmm. it's teaching people how to be in the moment and in the craving and how to dissect Mm. it from there and embrace it. And then utilize tools that are actually very loving and calming and healing. Yeah. Ultimately it's like self-trust. And I think that's why I love the work that we do together because we can get down on science, right? Mm-hmm. We can nerd yeah. out so hard on mm-hmm. parasites and short chain fatty acids and like totally. we can nerd out, but ultimately you and I, I think our own growth has been empowering ourselves with knowledge and then bringing it into like embodiment, like mm-hmm. really embodying it, feeling the information in our bodies and creating self-trust. Mm-hmm. Does this actually feel good to me? Does this way of eating feel abundant and free and alive or does right. it feel constricting? And like I'm in survival and ultimately whether you're eating healthier or you're choosing to indulge, it's about self-trust. Mm-hmm. And there's, I think there's no better feeling in the world than self-trust, which to me is why I've taken this path in shifting my work away from just, you must follow this rigid program to Mm -hmm. like knowledge and science is amazing. And can I integrate that in a way that creates self-trust with my body and its communication? I mean, what else better feeling is that? Right. You can trust your body. Or can we integrate all this knowledge in a safe way? Because how many people are getting information from podcasts and getting information from experts and they're trying to integrate the information from force and fear. Right. And so what you try to teach and what I try to teach is like, how Mm -hmm. can we integrate this in a safe way that honors your body? Right. Is your body in alignment with this information? Is your body in alignment with this protocol? Is your mind and your nervous system ready to make these changes? Right. It's Mm -hmm. honoring where you're at right now and asking your body, can we crawl with this information? Can we walk with this information or can we run with it? Right. Mm. And so Mm -hmm. Gina, tell us a little bit more about your conquering cravings course. What do you teach people? What does it entail? How, what can people expect once they have completed it? (laughs) Well, I think that it, 
there's nothing that they can expect because <laughs> I think when I did a survey last time, almost all of our students said it, the course completely exceeded their expectations, completely blew their mind. It, yeah. So whatever you expect, it's going to be times a thousand and blow mm -hmm. your mind, which is really cool. I thought that was awesome that we got back from the surveys, That's so but it begins amazing. November 7th and it's going to be a four part progressive class. And this is not a, you know, nobody eat sugar and show no. up and tell me if you did, we don't go there. You just learn and have this self-discovery experience. And it's been a way that I've been able to work with a lot of people at one time to be able to just be a guide and asking questions that maybe you've never asked yourself before, get curious without shame and judgment and learn about some of the mechanisms of our bodies. How does our brain drive food choices mm -hmm. when we're deciding between the salad or the cookie? What propels that decision-making forward and how can we have awareness of that and actually be in choice with it so mm -hmm. that we don't feel like we're being controlled. And ultimately it's a lot of freedom with just learning about how your body works and techniques to be in control. So we'll go through that in each section of the course and you'll walk away with a lot of skills and techniques that you can practice. I love that. I love that people are like their minds were blown because it is yeah. like what everything that you unpack and like you don't you teach like, or your curriculum is like used in universities and stuff. Isn't that true? Like, yeah. can you brag a little bit more about your, the genius <laughs> around your work? Like, because you share things on Instagram and I'm like, what? They're using this in a curriculum in a university somewhere. Like, why don't you tell me these things? Gina's not the kind of person to brag you guys. She's definitely not. And so can you just take a few seconds to brag about like how people are utilizing your work in other like universities and other like settings. Aww, thank you. Well, this is why I love this work because it did come from a pain point for me because I was the dietitian that graduated and I just did the meal plans and I had a ton of cravings and I didn't understand that relationship to food. And it really bothered me that my training was only about facts. There was no soul. There was no compassion. It was just, if people struggle with their cravings, you just give them more goals and more accountability. Mm -hmm. And now from understanding how cravings work, I can see that that doesn't work. And it didn't, it didn't prepare me properly as a dietitian. And it didn't give me any more compassion or understanding for what I was going through. And so going through this, I think I really discovered why a lot of people struggle. And so taking this information of how the body works is used in a few different courses at uh, some universities, some transformation courses, weight management courses, and some courses for future dietitians so that they can start thinking differently, working with their clients differently, working with themselves differently, um, and having more information that's not outdated in traditional dieting models. You know, it's interesting. You said like weight management courses and whatnot. It's like, and we haven't even spoken about weight at all, but that's a pain point for a lot of people and mm -hmm. utilizing this information. Like how many people have mentioned to you, I've done this coursework I have more peace within myself and with my food and the weights just coming off. Right. That's where we want to get to is not head to head at war with our food and trying to force weight loss. Like if you feel like it's a daily war, right. You're not working mm -hmm. with your body, but when you actually come to peace with your food, it's getting it from the root. And then the body is no longer in a state of fear mm -hmm. and our bodies hold on to weight as protection. It's our armor. It's a state of fear. And so when we can actually create some safety in our bodies, it's like naturally we begin to create peace and it, the weight just 
naturally comes off. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I work with people now is once we create it from the root, more peace, more love, more connection, which can be scary for some people. Cause one, they don't believe that that's possible Two, They're afraid if I love myself, I'll never change. Mm -hmm. But what ends up happening is when they love themselves, they stop doing the things that are actually hurting their bodies. And so when we focus on love, it can heal everything in a very easy, beautiful way. First, I want to go back. How many people have asked or how many people have told you like, Gina, I've done the coursework and I'm like shocked at how easy it is to lose weight now. Mm -hmm. Like have, do people come back and tell you that? Yeah, they do. It's more of a, a slow process of consistently over time as they're healing their heart and their nervous system and they're having more understanding and practice with their cravings. But even though it feels like it might take, you know, months to maybe years, it's a lot shorter than the 30 years that they spent Mm -hmm. on a diet, off a diet, on a diet, off of a diet and battling their bodies. And so, you know, I, I always think the relationship with yourself and your body is the longest relationship you're ever going to have that if you take the time to nurture it and your body starts shifting within a month or within a couple of months, I mean, I've had plenty of students who have said, oh my gosh, within six weeks, I feel my body responding and adapting. And I, I don't like to promise anything like this is not a weight loss program. But what I have seen and found is that when people actually start loving their bodies back into health and understanding and working with it, naturally the body comes back into alignment. Well, and then the weight stays off. Like it doesn't come back. We don't do the yo-yoing. Like they are in a space where their body, like you said, is adapting and staying that way. It wasn't forced in that way. And it's not going to bounce back like an elastic band. It's going to be like that for a very, very long time, because that's the body's new baseline. Like they're healing their weight issues from the core up and down, right? Like it's, it's like an internal mechanism that is changing in their nervous system and their body chemistry that is changing the way their body retains weight. So, so Gina, how can people find out more about conquering cravings and sign up for this course? Tell them like, when does it start? How much is it? Where can they go to get more information? It's actually starting really soon. I think when this podcast released, it'll be in like a week and a half. Uh, We only do this once or twice a year. And I love, love teaching it live to just be in such an intimate group. So it begins November 7th. Mm-hmm. And the link is mygutsyhealth.com backslash conquer dash cravings. So slash conquer dash cravings, mygutsyhealth.com yeah. conquer dash cravings. You guys, thank you so much for listening. Gina, anything else? Any parting words of advice before we wrap up this episode? Mm. I think just that it's easy to stay stuck when we're really afraid and we're afraid of the suffering. We're afraid of fear of failure. And one of my favorite quotes is from the alchemist. He says, the fear of suffering is often worse than the suffering itself. And that's what I have found. And that when you just lean in and you say yes to yourself and you realize that the suffering wasn't that bad and it was just an illusion. And that if your vision is big, you know, you feel in your heart, like you feel that whisper that there is more to learn. There is more to discover about yourself it can be so freeing to just lean into all those fears and doubts and beliefs that keep us really stuck and trapped and just keep leaning in and realize that the fears are just an illusion. That was so profound. (laughs) Like my jaw literally dropped. I'm like, I was not expecting that. Like the fear of the, like, okay, say it again. The fear of the what? 
I remember this one all the time. This is from The Alchemist, one of my favorite books. The fear of suffering is often worse than the suffering itself. That's amazing. The fear of suffering is often worse than suffering itself. And how true is that often that we're so afraid we suffer about the fear of suffering. And then we go through it and we're like, that wasn't that bad. It was. And like when you're on the other side, it's so much better. You're like, oh, I'm so grateful. I'm so proud of myself for leaning in when I was afraid and I could have stayed stuck. And there's so much freedom in leaning in. There's so much like liberation and like self-exploration when you lean in. And then the Mm -hmm. suffering is like, oh, it's nothing. Like there was just opportunity on the other side. The fear actually makes it that much more empowering when you're on Mm -hmm. the other side because you're like, heck yeah, I was Mm -hmm. faced with all these fears. I was afraid of my failures. I was afraid of all these things. And like, I'm so grateful that I leaned into my fears and I just did this for myself. Yeah, that was really beautiful. (laughs) Listeners, we hope you learned something amazing today. Do this course. It will change your life. Mm -hmm. Like... I can't guarantee it, but I guarantee it. <laughs> like this, the courses Gina <laughs> does a, are just this is Johnny my, personal guarantee. <laughs> my personal guarantee. Johnny will personally refund. Uh, you the, it's, <laughs> it's true, actually. I will. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, you guys. We'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening. And Hi, everyone. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Gutsy Health Podcast. We hope you enjoyed and learned a lot from this episode. For more updates, follow us on Instagram at Gutsy Health Podcast.